Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Welcome back to Podcast and Amplify. I am here today with Taylor Tiemann. She's a business and trademark attorney and... I wanted to have her on because as we entrepreneurs grow our businesses, it's really important that we think about how to protect our businesses from a legal standpoint. So that's what Taylor is here to talk about. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? And I know you have a couple of companies or things under your umbrella. So I am a business and trademark attorney. So I do have my own um, law firm. I'm a solo practitioner. So I'm the only attorney. We have um, a couple of folks helping us have a really awesome legal extern and a a VA, but um, yeah, it's just me on the law firm side. And then as I was building the law firm and as I was taking on potential clients, I was realizing that the number one kind of hurdle for business owners to work with an attorney is the financial side. And how, you know, it's not ridiculously expensive, but it is a, a cost as a business owner that we have to kind of balance out with all the other things that we're spending on. So um, I also created a library for business owners that has DIY templates and courses where you're not working directly with me, but they're essentially resources that I've created for business owners that allow you to get some sort of legal protection in place if you're not ready to work with an attorney or if you know, you're know you just starting out. So those are the two kind of things I have uh, that I'm working on and, and have my hands in. Yeah, I think I found you on Instagram at The Legal Mega, and you just share so many helpful resources there and the library as well. So I wanna jump in and talk about where's the first place that entrepreneurs, business owners should start when they're thinking about protecting their business? There's like a little triad of um, three things that I like to cover just generally for business owners. And I, by no means is it like an exhaustive list of things. And there's, you know, you're always kind of checking in on legal stuff as a business owner, but when you are first starting or when you're getting, you know, everything set up, three really great things to take a look at are you know, do we need a business entity? So usually that looks like um, an LLC or a limited liability company for a business to really separate your personal liability from your business liability. Um, so business entity, and then we want to take a look at our intellectual property. And from the broadest level, I guess we could say, is our trademarks. So the business name that we're working with, do we have a logo? Do we have a slogan? We're really looking at how our customers or consumers identify us as a business. And do we need to protect that trademark and make sure most importantly that we've cleared it so that we're not running into trademark infringement. And then number three is contracts. So just making sure that we have you know, base level agreements with anybody that we're working with within the business, you know, if we're partnering up or collaborating with somebody outside of the business, we want to make sure everything's always in writing. 
Um, and from there, we can always build out and branch out into, you know, more specifics. But those are my main three for, for business owners. Okay, so I was told that if you want to trademark something, that you should just start putting TM on everything before you go through that process. Is that true? It Yes and no. Um, you can put the TM on your business name or a logo or a slogan. Those are just things that are commonly trademarked. Um, you can absolutely do that. It's more of a, in the way that it functions is kind of like a, you're giving notice to people that you are reserving rights in the name. So if we aren't sure that we have rights in the name, it might not be a great idea to immediately start with doing that, but you absolutely can. That's kind of our way of saying like, look world, I'm using this name. I'm intending on either filing an application for it or reserving whatever rights I do have in the name. Uh, but if we aren't hundred percent sure on what the rights actually are, we might be trying to reserve something or, you know, put notice out there for something that we can't even own. So yes, it's a good thing to use. When we work with trademark clients, we usually have them start using that symbol right around the time we've done a search for, you know, other names that might be conflicting with, with the name they've selected so that we know at that point, like, okay, you know, we're reserving a name that's not already taken or isn't going to hopefully hit any hurdles. So it is a good thing to put on your name as long as you have the kind of background knowledge of if you can reserve that name and if you can use it. So I have a few questions on the other two things that you mentioned, but I think it's a good time to continue talking about trademarking. So at what point in someone's business should they look at trademarking their brand? Yeah, I think... The earlier, the better, um, especially if you are picked a name that that's, you know, the name that you really want to use, you're really passionate about, you know, you've invested potentially marketing dollars in the name already, like on a domain or anything like that. If you've picked a name that you really, really would like to move forward with, that's a great time to kind of initiate the process of looking at um, potential trademark search and what we usually call like a comprehensive search and making sure that it is actually cleared. We can move forward with it. Um, so typically earlier, the better. I know that's not always feasible for all business owners because the trademark process, just like anything else, is something that you do have to pay for. Um, so, you know, if you're a more conservative business owner and really want to make sure that the name you're using when you're launching is something that you can actually move forward with, that's when we get the process started immediately. If you're not quite ready to pay for those services yet or get it protected yet, you know, you can always wait, but you're just running the risk of potentially not being able to, to use that name if we haven't cleared it properly. And then how long does that process usually take? The trademark application process at the federal level is right now taking, well, they're taking six to seven months to assign your application to an examining attorney with the trademark office. And then they review it, they go through their own process. By the time we are fully, hopefully registered, right now we're looking at like a year from start to finish if there's no other conflicts along the way with your application, but they are taking quite a bit amount of time to get everything processed. Okay, so that's good to know for listeners to just have an idea of timing and what to expect. Going back to the other two LLC contracts, and I guess it includes trademark as well. What of these three things should you try and DIY? What should you absolutely not try and do yourself and hire a professional to do? 
I mean, they're all things that you can do yourself. You don't have to have an attorney form an LLC for you. You don't have to have an attorney file a trademark for you. You don't have to have an attorney draft your contracts. But I think if you can kind of at least speak to an attorney that maybe can give you pricing and and you can see like, you know, do I need one contract or do I need five? And can I start with one or can I kind of branch out after, you know, forming a business entity is not a mandatory thing. It's, it's voluntary. So, you know, at that point you can assess like how much is this going to cost? Do I want to, do I want to get into this right now? So I think speaking with an attorney, trying to figure it out as far as the timing goes, but you can, you can do any of those things. It's kind of like, I do compare it to, you know, if you have a cold and want to go to the doctor and have them tell you exactly what's wrong with you, or do you want to kind of like sit it out, wait at home, try and figure it out yourself. You might be wrong. You might be right. It's very much the same type of scenario with legal, like especially filing trademarks. You can file your own application. I have plenty of clients that have filed their own. They filed them successfully, but if they're done properly, we don't know that if we don't have a professional helping us. Yeah. It's like, do you want to stress yourself out on WebMD? Or do you just want to go straight to the doctor and know that, you know, you set it up correctly from the beginning? In terms of contracts, I've seen people like copy and paste contracts. Like, I think I've even had someone give me one and say, oh, you can use this. What's the deal with that? Hey, friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment. But I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called Launch a Binge-Worthy Podcast, and it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. I mean, and I see it a lot too, where I even have people come to me asking if I can review a contract for them, and it's something that they got from their friend or something that's been pieced together and quite often it, it has wording in there that has nothing to do with what they actually need. Uh, contracts are pretty specific to your situation. So there are some things that, you know, you can kind of fill in the blanks and that's why we do have, you know, we do have templates that some people can use if it's for like a general type of, you know, relationship, like if we're bringing on a um, independent contractor, there's some standard things that we want to see in the contract and you can swap out like names, you can swap out payments. But if we're getting a contract from somebody who cannot explain it to you and cannot tell you exactly what's in it. And you yourself don't know really what it says. We probably shouldn't be using it if we can't explain back to somebody like what's what's actually in it. Um, Because there could be some things in there that really don't benefit you at all. We don't really know where it came from. Um, And some contracts are really designed to protect one person in a in a relationship. And if that person isn't you and we are working with that contract, that's kind of maybe not be fun later. Contracts are pretty customizable to each situation. So if you do get, you know, some sort of template, as long as it's hopefully drafted by an attorney, you know, an attorney has reviewed it. There's a bunch of different ways you can kind of grab good quality contracts or have an attorney review it without having to like pay, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. But I would try to stay away from just grabbing random things online, especially if we don't really know what they say. Yeah, I like that as a sort of test. It's like, if you can't explain what it says to someone else, you probably shouldn't be repurposing it or using it. So that's a great way to look at it. Would you say that you need a contract for every service you provide? Ideally, at some point, 
yes, it would be great to have, you know, a contract for each individual type of service. So like, you know, our firm offers four to five different types of services. So we have four to five different types of contracts. They all look basically the same, except for when it gets to the part of the deliverables and what we're providing. Um, so ideally, yes, at some point you should have uh, a specific kind of customized contract for each offering, but that can kind of grow as you grow as a business. If you're offering one type of service specifically and you're doing like one-off projects, you know, you can maybe wait until we start offering the other the other service more regularly. There's a, a bunch of different contracts that you could have in place as a business owner and trying to get all of them immediately is going to be really stressful, really expensive. So, you know, we work with business owners to make sure that they have the main ones that they need. And then we kind of build and tweak as they go and you know, there's no way even that at the very beginning of even talking to an attorney from the from the get go, you know, I can't anticipate what you might be doing five years down the line. So your contracts are going to keep evolving and keep changing. So, you know, getting what you need in place, the the bare bones of what you need from the start and then kind of building as you as you go, because your relationships, even what you offer are going to keep changing as a business owner, too. Yeah, that's a great reminder that your contracts, when you start out, that they're going to be need to be updated and evolve with you as your business evolves. So in terms of the LLC, if you were to hire legal support, does it matter if they work in your state? Yeah, if you are getting assistance from an attorney, um, the attorney that's forming the LLC or whatever sort of entity that you need, they do need to be licensed in your state. Um, so like, for example, I can't form another business outside of California, but there are some legal platforms that, you know, they kind of get around that by not offering legal services. You don't work with an attorney, but instead you're working with basically like a filing company that as long as you can tell them what you need, they can file for you in any state. So the main difference there is they're just not going to be providing you legal advice. But if you can walk in and tell them, well, by walk in, I mean, like click on a website usually and tell them, hey, I need an LLC in this state. They'll probably do like a, you know, general basic formation for you. Um, those are good options too, if you're looking for something that might be a little cheaper than working with an attorney. But again, they usually can't give you advice. So if you tell them, hey, I need an LLC, they'll just form it for you. Whereas an attorney might actually sit with you and say like, okay, why do you think that you need this? What is your structure looking like? What are your best options? But yeah, all that to say, if you have an attorney help you, they do have to be in, it's be licensed in your state. Okay. Got it. I remembered something about that when I did mine and I thought, oh, I should ask that question. What are some best practices that businesses can do as they grow and they're evolving, like we mentioned before, what are some things that they can put into place that will help them? Having good terms in your agreements or good terms on like your sales pages or your landing pages or customer checkouts is something that seems really obvious, but 
sometimes we're only thinking about one scenario, like is somebody going to want to get a refund or is somebody going to want to, you know, return a product? I think it would be, and it's not the most fun thing to do, but really sitting down for like half an hour and thinking about all the different scenarios of, you know, if you offer services on like a modular basis or like there's a deliverable in three months and six months looking at like, what if they want to back out at three months? What if they want to back out at six months? Or if you offer, you know, if you're selling online and you're shipping product, like what if somebody cancels an order like the day before it's shipped? Like what do you do in that situation? So kind of fleshing out all of the kind of worst case scenarios and making sure that they're addressed in writing, whether that's in your terms on the sales page or checkout, or if that's in a client contract. So that if that scenario does come up, you can refer back to, you know, in the terms, this is what we do. So, you know, I'm sorry, you don't get a refund or here's what it says on our contract. We're not going to refund you this, but you'll get X amount because we're at, you know, this date versus the beginning. So I think it is a good idea to kind of just do worst case scenario type brain dump. And it's not fun. It might be a little not enjoyable to do that, but it will help you in the long run if there's ever a problem. And I think I I mentioned earlier, you can't, you can't know ahead of time, every single bad situation. So you're just going to come up with things along the way where there's an angry client, there's an angry customer, and then you kind of tweak your, your language as you go. And then in the future, you know how to deal with that. Um, but having good, good, I guess, foresight to be able to maybe envision what might happen with a customer or a client is like most of our, our problems when we're looking at legal anything. Oh, that's so interesting and makes so much sense because, you know, if you take the time to think about what is the worst case scenario and then you spell out what their options are, then that can save you huge headaches, I'm sure. I mean, I think even if it's not feasible to have an attorney immediately or have somebody on board helping you, I think just getting an initial consult and having, you know, maybe an attorney talk with you for half an hour, an hour, there's things that, you know, we deal with on a daily basis that we might remind you of something that you maybe wouldn't have thought of until like a year in. Um, And it's good to just kind of have that even on the back burner of, you know, I might not be ready to file trademark now, but at least I had an attorney walk through it with me. And I know that, you know, I'm ready, but in a month when I have some funding, I'm going to go ahead and move forward with it. I think it's a good idea to get at least some level of strategy so that you can make the necessary steps when you're, when you're growing your business. Yeah. Strategy and just knowledge, right? Just someone telling you things that you should be thinking about that you probably didn't because you're not a lawyer. (laughs) Um, And so that's, that's really helpful. Are there legal issues or things that come up that are common to like, say online business owners or online entrepreneurs? Yeah. I think one of the big ones that is missing is just having, like, if you're selling anything online, You've got to have, how do your, how do your policies work? Like what's your refund policy? What's your return policy? If you have products, um, having that clearly stated, because if we have any sort of like dispute on a payment, if you're taking, especially credit card payments, when those disputes come up, they're really stressful and you have to go back and, you know, prove that you had you know terms and policies in place that your customer was able to see. And if we don't have those, then we're in a not great situation. And we're usually out whatever money that is because the credit card companies usually favor the customers. 
So having those things clearly visible, and even if you're able to have somebody agree, like with the little checkbox, agree to terms of your site, usage of your site, you know, but whatever your terms are when they're when they're purchasing something, whether that's a product or a service, those are really important to have because when people come to me with a, a payment dispute, my first question is, okay, what do your terms say or what does your contract say? And if they don't have that, it's really, really difficult for, for us to get it resolved in your favor as a business owner. So having those clearly stated is super important. Yeah, I can see how important that would be, especially when it comes to settling a dispute. And, you know, like you said, credit card companies, I mean, they'll just pull back the charge Mm -hmm. and then investigate. So you're going to be out that money and then potentially be out of it forever if you didn't have your terms clearly set up. Yeah. It's a, it's a bummer. I mean, on the consumer side, like it's great if somebody's using our card fraudulently because the bank will forgive it. But as a business owner, you have to think about how you're collecting payment. And if you're collecting credit card, which many of us do, and that's a great, obviously, way to collect payment, you have to think about like, all right, if there's a dispute and somebody wants to just say, hey, I never wanted to pay that, the bank usually favors the person on the side with the card. So you have to be ready to to show them what they need. So I want to make sure that people can find out more about you. So please let listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm on Instagram at LegalMiga, L-E-G-A-L-M-I-G-A. And uh, website's www.ttmanlaw.com. But yeah, that's where I hang out. I'm on some of the other social platforms, but I can't even keep up with half of them. So I hang on Instagram. I know it's hard, right? I say, hang out wherever you have the most fun and (laughs) that'll be the best bet. Um, So we'll definitely link to all of these, those places in the show notes. And I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge. I know that it will help a lot of our listeners just get like a overview of what they should be doing, what to look for and help them think about those legal things and protecting their businesses. Thank you. I appreciate you having me and making sure people hear about this stuff. It's important. I know it's not the most fun thing, but it is a foundational kind of thing to take care of as a business owner. If you love today's episode, please subscribe so you don't miss a show. And rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help support us. Always remember your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.